Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we encourage each other's fucking awesome creativity by sharing the deepest details of our most personal stories. Our guest today is a 45-year-old white female. She is straight, bi-curious, in a long-term monogamous relationship with a dude and enjoys masturbation, oral, toys, some butt exploration, and lots of nipple play. From BC, Canada, welcome, Tanya. Hi. Hi. I'm excited. I'm so excited. If you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer with one being shameless and ten being so full of shame, where do you think you fall today? I would say in the bedroom is different. So in the bedroom to in the real world, probably a five. Ooh. Can you give us like a sentence or two about how that might manifest? With all the things that I do in the bedroom, I'm fine. But I don't necessarily think everybody else is fine with it. So I'm a little more private than I would like to be. But I think the world should know more about being fun in the bedroom and having fun in the bedroom. But I quietly do that. I get that. And it's about finding the right spaces for sharing, which I think is what we're doing now. Okay. Can you tell us what your sex life is like right now? Right now, it's probably a weekend thing (laughs) because we work so hard. But it is a lot of fun. We definitely love exploring each other and finding new things and spending some time enjoying each other. Awesome. And how long have you been with your partner? (sighs) Almost 11 years. Ooh. Okay. Before we get to your 11-year relationship, take us back to the very beginning. Can you tell us when you remember first hearing about sex? I say that I was about eight years old. I'm guessing. And there was an incident that happened with a friend of mine. She was teaching me that if you find a rock just the right size and you put it under your towel and then you lay on it and you move around, then it can feel really good. (laughs) And then we got caught. All these parents said what we were doing was so bad and that you're not supposed to do those in the bushes. You're not supposed to do that. And so that was probably the first time that I ever realized anything about, I mean, other than my parents would disappear into the bedroom and, you know, mommy and daddy time or whatever, but I didn't really know what they were doing until about then when they started saying like, Tanya, you can't just go lay on a rock in the bushes and start masturbating. And then they kind of started explaining things a little bit then, but I don't know that there was ever an actual sex talk. Okay. Do you remember your feelings from that experience? It it sounds neutral. I don't hear shame, but I'm curious if there was like curiosity or confusion or anything else that we didn't explicitly hear about yet. Yeah, I was mostly confused that it was something that I, shouldn't do because I thought that felt really good and then it didn't make sense that I didn't get to be friends with her anymore oh yeah I wasn't allowed to be friends with her after that because it was we were being a bad influence on each other or whatever and then on top of it that felt really good so why is everybody so upset about this now I can look back on it and realize that I was just exploring and that's not unusual probably then I was just confused I didn't I didn't even know to be ashamed. I want to hear how that affected your masturbation practices. But first, I want to hear when do you feel like you started to actually understand what sex was? Probably finally figured it out when I started exploring with a boyfriend when I was about 12. And then we would sneak in 
do things and start to understand. And of course, in, I think about that time we at school, we had something that would kind of tell, like they were talking about fallopian tubes and, yeah. <laughs> and penises and stuff like that. They didn't really explain that, you know, you want to go in a nice private room and enjoy each other's company and do things that make you feel good. And they just basically said, here's a fallopian tube. Here's a penis. And these are how they work. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't even think there was anything about penetration there either. It's just, these are your insides and this is how they work. <laughs> okay. So you didn't have totally clear information at school. Did that early experience with your masturbation rock friend affect your touching yourself from there? Did you ever do it again? Or was the next time you touched yourself with this 12 year old boyfriend? Well, no, I probably didn't get to masturbation again for a while because I thought, oh, okay, you're not supposed to do that. And I didn't necessarily think of it as shameful or anything. I just thought, oh, yeah, okay, you don't do that. And on to playing kickball okay. or on to playing basketball or, you know, just do. I thought that was just another fun game. Okay. So you followed the rules. You really did. You weren't like a rebel. No, although I did definitely like probably grade three. I guess he'd be 10. I had my first boyfriend and by grade four, which would be, ele uh, I guess, 11-ish or so, I started kissing boys. And by grade seven, I was kissing and making out and touching each other. And because I think I wanted to get back to that. I wanted to feel something again. So now I guess somebody else is supposed to do it okay. to you. Can you tell us what you remember about those early explorations? Uh, I remember being shamed about that was much more shameful oh. because now if you had boyfriends, it was about being a slut. You would just kiss or you would just, you know, have a relationship with some guy. And then the next day you'd be told you're not supposed to do that or, you know, oh, you're just a slut because you kiss boys and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely shame through elementary school and junior high from your peers. Okay. Yeah. And probably my parents, Okay, probably my parents too. Okay. So can you tell us any specifics about what you remember? Not to like focus on childhood things, but I'm curious to know what formative experiences you remember in your self-discovery and where do you go for privacy at such a young age? Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of parties where it was like, you know, you go into the back room or I, I even remember a party where we were just all kissing. And of course, the thing I remember the most from that is a guy who would eat carrots with ranch dip and then he had ranch all over his mouth. And I was like, oh, I don't like kissing boys with ranch. Breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was fun and we just did like you'd go into the back of the houses or you'd hide somewhere or you under the blankets down in the basement or it's just a lot of like sneaking mm. it. I remember sneaking a mm. lot. If I was babysitting and the boy would come over or sneaking. Okay. And can you just run us through kind of your memories of your first times and like the specifics of, you know, walk us through your experience with the different bases, if you will. I was definitely probably a bit too okay. young because I was just 13 mm -hmm. and it was in the back of the houses we were just on the grass and 
I don't even know if he actually put it in where it needed to be. It was just kind of like a quickie okay. in the back. And you just kind of came back out like, phew, I hope nobody saw. Okay. Oh, fix my hair and go back to playing basketball. Yeah, no, it wasn't really exciting. And it wasn't anything that I should have been doing or ashamed of because I was just exploring. Okay. You know what I mean? There was always that push and pull about yeah. it. Just for utter clarity, were you talking about like touching genitals down below? You said you weren't sure if he put it in, but are we talking oral things, lower, like nudity things? You also said out back, but I think you just meant like behind a house and not back door things, right? No, no back <laughs> door Just checking it about euphemism. There was definitely no, no exploration. Yeah, there was some boob touching and probably some finger. Okay. And then it would go straight to him trying to put it in. And then... There was definitely no pleasure for me. There was no consideration as far as that went. I mean, we were both really young and he just wanted to put his penis into my vagina, but there was just kind of skin on skin in that area and nobody was looking at anything or, Mm -hmm. and then it was just over and then we would go back to playing. Okay. So it sounds like there's a high amount of curiosity. Can you remember your emotional states through your formative years? Like, it sounds like there was enthusiasm and like peer shaming, but it sounds like also you continued to explore. Can you tell us kind of what you remember coming next? Uh, well, I remember that we didn't do much as a couple, but we were together for quite some okay. time. And then after we broke up, I was, you know, on the market. So all of a sudden I was getting all this attention from boys, um, or at that time, young men, I guess. And so we would have been about 15 and then I started having experiences that were more sexual because before that it was kind of just two friends kind of putting skin on skin, but not really doing anything to pay attention to each other. But then after that, it was a lot. Uh, My dad said that I had a different flavor of the week, (laughs) like Baskin and Robbins ice cream. (laughs) Okay. So you brought them home like your parents saw? Well, They just saw me hanging out with a different person all the time. It was usually about a month at a time. And I'd I'd get together with a guy and then I'd have kind of relations. And then I'd be like, nah, he's not Mm -hmm. the one. Uh, One guy, he was so focused on his enjoyment that it was almost like, what should I do? Well, like, okay, you want me to do this? I cross my legs. I put my face in the pillow. You come at me from behind. And put it in my vagina still. Yeah. There was still no okay. bum. And, you know, and he'd have a certain song playing and you have to do it a certain way. And I was like, so I'm just basically your blow up doll and I'm just going to move along. So then I'd move along to the next person and then I'd have another experience and another experience. And I think that helped to make me understand what I like mm-hmm. doing. But of course, as a girl in that time, that was kind of frowned upon. So it sounds like you were learning through exploration or did you have any friends that were like giving you advice or people you could talk about sex or did you talk about it with your partners at the time or was it just doing it trial by fire? Yeah, I think we were just doing okay. like, like, I think, uh, you know, there was alcohol involved and probably, you know, me being a bit rebellious mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think I had a general curiosity about this 
saying, like, it could feel better, but all these people just kind of move me along and do their own thing. And so I was really out there looking for somebody to make me feel like I felt with that rock. Maybe I don't know if that's what I was looking for, but. (laughs) So did your masturbation practice evolve along with these explorations or can you tell us the journey of you touching yourself? No, you know, I don't remember when it finally started happening. I think it might have been, and now I'm jumping ahead of it, but I think it was when I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And just because we're here so, in the story, when was that? So then I was quite young. I was okay. 20. So I kind of smartened up. I finished my exploration and I got together with a guy and I got pregnant mm-hmm. and we had been together about two years and we decided we should just get married. So then I was married at 20 and having a baby at 21. But it was during that pregnancy that I couldn't get enough of myself. Like he would go to work and then I would set up a mirror and I would just explore. You'd set up a mirror? How'd you get that idea? (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) I don't know. I honestly, I think I was curious about what was happening down there. So I would wait until my partner went to work. And then it was like a morning ritual. It would be like, okay, have a shower, then lay on the bed, set up a mirror. And I don't know what it was that I was using to penetrate myself. (laughs) I don't even remember what it was. I know I didn't have a toy. Okay. I just remember that I had something that I would use. It was quite small. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like it was like a big toy of any kind, but it was just something small that eventually after I would explore around my genitals, then eventually I would stick that in there and I would eventually get myself to come and then I would have a nap. Wow. Okay. Questions. How long did it take you to get yourself to come? And what did it feel like emotionally in your body to be looking at yourself like that? It sounds like for the first time when you started doing that. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things that turns me on is knowing that somebody is turned on. So by looking at myself, I could see that I was being turned on. And back then there was no like turning on a porn or anything because there was no cell phones or anything like that. There was no internet, that kind of thing. So I would see myself getting more and more turned on in the mirror. And then that would turn me on more and more. And so then I, I don't take long to climax okay and I can climax a lot so okay can you tell us more details of how you like to be touched I really like to start out with I've heard somebody call it a vagina hug but basically it's where you cup your hand over the whole area and kind of just just kind of give it like a nice like awakening just kind of what I call it and then I eventually start to get a little wetter and start to explore in there and feel around. And then I really like to put my fingers on either side of my clit because you can feel that it gets kind of hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's like almost like a little mini ejaculation, I guess, (laughs) is what's happening. So I kind of play around with there and then I stick a finger in and then sometimes I'll get to two or three fingers and I don't really like so much penetration as I like to 
do a little of everything. Hmm. You know, there's nothing one thing that needs to be focused on. It's just all over. And the wetter I get, the better. If it's not wet enough, I'll spit or I'll grab some lube and help myself out. And then I can usually get myself there pretty quickly, two or three minutes. It doesn't take me long. And then I'll just do it a few more times until I get to the point where I'm just exhausted and I can't come anymore. And Or it gets really wet and messy and <laughs> I'll stop finally. When you're doing multiples with yourself, does it take two or three minutes each time or do you have to rest in between? I think it depends okay. on a lot of things, but sometimes I rest. No, I don't usually rest. I think I just will come and then I'll decide, like, I'll feel around and do I have more in me? And then I'll keep going and going until either I've started coming, like, you know, messy squirting come uh-huh. <laughs> or if I just get tired and, and roll over and have a nap. <laughs> totally. <laughs> those are the best naps. <laughs> yes, they I, are. I had one of those naps earlier. It was perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when you started masturbating, did you tell your, sorry, were you, was it a husband or your, your partner that you had the baby with? Did you tell him that you were doing this during the day or was it like your little secret? It wasn't so much a secret as he didn't really seem that interested in it. It was kind of the same with him as he didn't necessarily think about the fact that women had to explore, I guess. I don't know how to explain that part Mm. very much, but it was definitely like a relationship of the times where it was like the man goes until he's finished. And did you come? Uh, Like, are you? I, are you satisfied? I don't know. Anyways, I'm done anyway. So he'd roll over and go to sleep. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of interest there. So I don't think I was hiding it. And I don't think I was keeping it a secret. But I just, he didn't seem to ask me about it. So I didn't say anything. Got it. So you're just like doing your own thing, taking care of yourself. Yes. Okay. So what experiences do we need to fill in before we get to the part where you were touching yourself? Like, do you want to give us details about early oral sex or kind of those discoveries? Also, ooh, shit, I can't ask mm. one question at a time. When did you start squirting is the other question. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a specific incident that I didn't know that it was squirting. So when I was young, you know, a lot of the kids would just say like, ooh, she's gross she's wetter than the like than a river like I don't even know the things they'd say but they'd make you feel like ew she's gross if she's wet so when I would get wet I'd think that was a problem so I I was almost embarrassed about it and one of the boyfriends that I had he performed oral on me while his parents were gone and we went all over the house like I it was like I was afraid of it so I kept moving away but then he kept coming with me and I came all over his face like there was it was white it was white it wasn't like the wet squirting yeah. that I've seen before it's like it was white cum Whoa. all over his face it was so much of it and I thought I thought I had, well, I broke up with him very quickly after because I thought I should be so ashamed of myself. That was a big, like, I am so ashamed of myself that it was almost like I didn't get to experience the awesomeness of it because I was so embarrassed that it was happening to me. 
But now I look back and I think like, wow, yeah, <laughs> that was so, <laughs> that was so great. But how did I not get to enjoy that? Yeah. And why did I not stay with him longer? Yeah. What did he do when that happened? And where specifically were you in the house? Like on a bed, on a couch? Was there additional messiness to consider? No, we were literally all over the house. Like I think. <laughs> okay, you really were. Okay. I think I was in the dining room when I did that part. Wow. And not that I know that I had to clean up because I'm pretty sure it just landed on his face. Okay. There was a lot on his face. Does that still happen? <laughs> I can definitely squirt. Okay. I don't know how often I've had the creamy white come. Yeah. But I like to, if it happened, I would like to take a picture. Totally. And I would love to video that because oh, that was yeah. awesome. I can get close to doing that, but I have never come to that point again. Okay. Yeah. I think it was a teenager thing. Okay. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Keep us posted. <laughs> Don't you think it's kind of bizarre that first we get shamed for being too wet and too horny? And then when we get a little older, we're like, oh, I'm not wet. I need lube. Ah, ooh, ah. And I'm just like, can we, can we fucking win? Like, <laughs> I know. It's never good enough. But I think that it's up to us to say, this is what I can do. And I'm. Yeah having fun while I do it so I don't care how wet or how not wet I am yeah and like, either way is great fit and make it wetter fuck yeah or... <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so can you tell us a little bit about your experiences with oral sex for me giving oral sex both you giving you receiving all the feelings I love getting oral sex and I would say I've never had as good of oral sex as I'm having now. Congratulations. Given to me. I know I just said that story, but in fact, like now I've got it figured out. Mm -hmm. I'm not as good at giving oral sex. Why do you say that? I like a lot of feedback. Like I said, I feel turned on when somebody's turned on. Yeah. So a lot of times guys will just kind of sit there when you're giving a blowjob. Yes. And they just, there's not a lot of feedback. Traffic. That silence is horrible. It is. And so I never know if I'm doing it right or good enough or is something wrong? Is there like, am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? And then I've never really had a lot of feedback that way. So I always just felt self-conscious during it. And then I would like, I would do it as part of foreplay, I guess, is what I'm saying. I would never really did it a lot as a finishing thing mm -hmm. it was part of the sexual experience but it wasn't like i'm gonna give this guy head or i'm you know i'm not i'm gonna go in the back room and just give him oral sex and then leave it was i mean i'm sure that happened a few times yeah yeah <laughs> that's probably probably a few times but i <laughs> i wouldn't say that that was my favorite part of it i would say that i'm probably pretty good at it i just like more feedback on it and I also get really turned on when they are turned on yeah. so then I want to get in on it too and giving 69 is pretty tough to focus yeah there's a lot of like oh yeah they're doing this oh my god but this but yeah but that it's a lot of back and forth so it's fun totally I like it but it's part of the experience I wouldn't say it's the only part of it though 
Yeah, I did not enjoy 69ing for a long time. And then I stumbled into a partner who just happened to make me super comfortable doing it. And then I was like, oh, I don't need to like worry about giving the best blowjob ever in this position. And then I like relaxed and liked it a lot more because I used to just be really self-conscious about the fact that my tongue couldn't reach the side that's more sensitive usually. And so I was always like, ah, you know. Yeah, I always put my hands in there too. I mean, yeah. I like, so I usually am giving some oral and hand job as well at the same time. So totally, totally. I would love for you to circle back. You just sort of brushed by the fact that you're receiving the best oral ever <laughs> in this relationship. Could you please tell us the <laughs> details of what that is like for you? Well, luckily with the new relationship I'm in, he really enjoys the vagina. You know, some people are a bum guy or some guys are boob guys. Well, he is a vagina guy. He loves vaginas. Yay! <laughs> One of the things that I remember him saying when we first got together was like, you know how girls put on a shirt to show off their cleavage? Do girls do that with their vaginas too? Like, did they purposely have like the W on purpose and stuff? And I was like, no! Yeah, and in <laughs> fact, I was shamed a lot for having camel toe and I had to learn what that was. And then when I got like a decade later, I was like, oh, I don't care. I don't want to wear underwear with my leggings, you know? And so then it became not intentional, but just sort of like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but that's hilarious. I never thought of it that way. It's so funny because it's the first thing people will be like, oh my gosh, she's got, she's got camel toe. It's yeah. like, yeah, she's got a vagina. Yeah. And <laughs> right now she's, it's creeping up there. Like it's not comfortable all the time, but it's not a bad thing. She it's it's nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So do you wear a lot of leggings to entice your lover? Uh, he he knows what he likes for sure. Definitely has to see the vagina while we're having sex. Mm. So I have to get in some pretty good positions. Ooh, how is that for you? I love it. Mostly because I love when somebody's turned on. So if it's turning them on, I'll do it. Let's do it. Whatever it takes. If it means that my... Legs have to go up and I pretty much turn myself into a pretzel so that you can see there. That's what I got to do. And I love it. Awesome. And it gets it in there really deep too. So, Ooh, okay. I'll take you back for a minute though, because I will say like, I was with a guy married for a long time. Boring, boring, boring. We split up and then I became a born again virgin. Oh. So for... Two years after I split up with my ex, I was with nobody. Well, actually, probably the last year of our relationship, I was with no one. And then another year and some after we split up. So I did not have any sex at all. No masturbation, nothing for two years. Whoa. And then I, well, I was really focused on, you know, doing what I had to with my children and da, da, da. And I just, you know, focused on what I needed to do. And then my kids started getting older. So I started thinking, well, I got to get out there in the world again. And I started dating. And the first guy that I got together with, I think I scared him <laughs> because I liked having sex so much. Uh -huh. And he finally was like, I I can't do it that much. <laughs> I can't be with you. 
So he broke up with me because I wanted to have sex too much. What was too much? Uh, like a few times as soon as I would get there and then, you know, we'd have dinner and then after dinner, I was like, okay, let's, you know, I'd start getting all frisky again. And he'd be like, no, I can't, I gotta, you know? So, uh, I found out that I was definitely ready to get back on the market. Mm -hmm. I dated a fireman. That was really fun. Ooh. He lifted me up against the wall and had sex with me up and that was fun. I'd never had somebody overpower me because I'm quite a, a strong woman, like uh-huh. a 5'8". I'm, I, I work out a lot. I'm a strong person. And so I'm not really one that gets picked up and thrown yeah. around. Yeah. He lived up in a, an apartment building with, with big windows and I would make him keep the windows open <gasps> so that people see us and I'd be quite suspicious. Like, let's just everywhere. <laughs> Ooh. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Is that the most exhibitionist you've been or do you have other exhibition stories? I probably have a lot of exhibition stories, but (laughs) some were probably not good. Some were great, even with my new. So eventually I did meet my partner now. And so I was married for 13 years, then celibate for two years. And then finally got together with my recent partner. And he is teaching me not to be ashamed. He's the one teaching me to love squirting and love doing all the things and trying butt sex and not being afraid to try butt sex. Yeah, he's definitely been the person to teach me that sex is fun and that we can do it and try all sorts of things. He is a porn connoisseur. (laughs) He's seen quite a bit and he comes up with some great ideas. He's into big toys. That's one of the things he wanted to check out. And I was like, sure, let's try it. And we went to Vegas one time. Speaking of exhibition, I put on a Bellagio show in our room because it just was the most I've ever squirted in my life. It was 
water everywhere. Waterworks oh. galore. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us how he started introducing these conversations? It sounds like you are a very horny person, and so maybe it wasn't that hard, but how has he supported you in these explorations? Or what's a better way to language that that feels accurate to your experience? Yeah, so... Uh, definitely he learned very quickly that I am up for having sex for yeah, sure. Yeah. And he's not shy about his sexual needs. Okay. And then he's taught me that I don't need to be shy about my sexual needs either. Okay. So we have lots of conversations about it and we talked about like the things that we like and the things while we're not in the bedroom. And then when we're in the bedroom, you know, he's up to try. And if I don't like it, then he'll stop and. He's helped me learn how to get to squirting because I didn't even know that was a thing. I, I didn't realize that's what I had done. Can so. you give us details? I, I need details of the squirting. I need details of more things you've tried. And then I hope we get to details of butt explorations. <laughs> uh, there's so much to tell. So, yeah. Well, uh, with the squirting, he started out by showing me, I think, and then making me understand that it's okay to get to that. And mm-hmm. I can't always do it. It's not like it's like a switch that just I can do it or I can't do it. Yeah. I definitely could do it more when I was probably around 35 to 40. Okay, I'd say that that was, it's definitely now that I'm getting into my older years, it's not as easy. Okay. I'm not as wet, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. but at 35, I think women are probably in their prime. <gasps> Okay. (laughs) I'm about to turn 32. So this is, and like as a very single person whose master has all but abandoned her, I'm sort of like, okay, maybe I can still have a sexual prime. Okay. Okay. I also have to be really hydrated. Is that a thing for you squirt wise? Yeah. 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 For sure. There's hydration. And then for sure there's, there's like a strange feeling when it's happening, like almost like you're going to urinate. Like I was afraid that I was Mm. at first because it does have a very similar it's kind of like uh when you're having a baby which not everybody that's listening to this will have had a baby yeah. but when you're having a baby it feels like you're taking a big poo. okay okay <laughs> and so then when you're squirting it's sort of similar in that it feels almost like your body's letting go and seeing but it's definitely not because yeah. i know the difference yep. between the two and i'm aware that it's sweet tasting or quite watery, yeah, uh, and it's not urine, and, but it it is kind of that feeling. And I do it, I do get to it better if I'm on my hands and knees, mm-hmm. and he's fingering me, almost like hitting the inside of the cheek spot, I guess. Yeah. Where it is. What direction is his hand? So you're on your knees. Is it like toward you, or is it like yeah. from in? Okay. So it would be like from behind in. So he's almost going towards the back sometimes and then he'll go in and towards the front but mostly towards the back I think so it's like kind of like like a like a tickle towards the back area and then I am involved a lot so I love to masturbate while we're having sex so I am always in there with my fingers helping myself because I know how to get myself. I think his favorite thing about me is that I can come multiple times. So I can masturbate myself over and over and over and over. And he loves 
loves when I'm coming while he's coming. So I, I don't know why that's not more of a thing. Why we're not allowed to talk about that more when we're kids about how it's great to come together. Yeah. Like literally like it's great to come together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it should be a prerequisite for having sex, I think. So yeah, my coming will get him to climax sooner because he gets so turned on by me. And then with him being turned on, I'm getting more turned on and I can literally feel that he's going to come. Like I literally can feel when somebody's going to come. That's so hot. I'm like, that is so I know hot. you're going to come. And he's oh. like, Oh, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I know you're going to go. <laughs> I love that. So you create basically a positive feedback loop of orgasms for each other. Absolutely. Whoa. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. And then as far as the, I have only just been exploring that. Okay. It is probably what puts me at a two is because in the bedroom is because I definitely worry about smells. Okay. So I'm always worried that if something was to happen or if I'm not, you know, ready for it, then there could be some bad smells in the bedroom. Have you experienced bad smells yet? If they were happening, I think we made sure that it wasn't happening any longer. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like totally. you just kind of stop that and get on to something else and keep it going, but just don't let it happen anymore. But yeah, yeah I mean, mostly I make sure I'm very ready if yeah. we're going to do anything. So I, you know, do the cleaning in the bathroom ahead of time and get myself ready and do you mind telling us details about, like, do you do enemas or, or is it just, like, showering and wiping and all of that? I, yes, I did an enema. Okay. I have done some enemas now. That's what I do. I'll do a little bit of water in there mm-hmm. and hold it for a bit while I'm having a shower. And then I'll go and clear myself out. And then I'll go back in the shower and make sure I'm clean. Nice. And just, I mean... Only not only just because of the smells, but also I mean, you, there's E. coli. You know, mm-hmm. I, there's all the stuff you actually have to worry about with you know getting a urinary tract, and all that stuff. I mean, it's important to make sure that it's all clean and ready. Yeah, I've had some pretty bad bladder infections in the past. Oh yep, yep. I know that that will come along with that. So. I feel like for myself, too, it's also an anxiety lower where I'm like, oh, if I did an enema and I don't always because I'm rather lazy sometimes. And I also know that at a certain time of day, I'm probably fine. And like I'm only doing it with partners that like if I get a less a little messy, he'll clean me up kind of thing. But I know that like the yeah, the health and safety and the anxiety is just a huge, huge important thing for me. It, absolutely. And, and like you said, it does take away that. It makes it so much more fun in the bedroom if you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. So speaking of that, can you talk about some of the other things you tried? <laughs> well, the one that is different than other people is the big toys. I mean, I was going to ask what that meant exactly. Yeah. So there's some really big toys out there. Uh, you know, like throw them over your shoulder and <laughs> like big. I would say I've taken some very large dildos and it's not always easy, but it's definitely not something you just start out with. You definitely have to work up to it. It hurts if you don't, but I have worked up to some pretty big toys. Okay. And 
I would say that it's probably a very big turn on for him to see it going going in and out of me. Mm-hmm. It definitely would never get me to climax, right? But right. it will get me to squirt. Okay, Ooh. does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, squirting and and coming are two totally different things. Yeah, same. I definitely don't climax from it, but I will squirt like crazy wow. sometimes from big toys. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So just to be very clear, you're using them in your vagina, it sounds like. Yeah. No, I couldn't. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> so I just. I <laughs> okay. And that's what I thought. I just wanted to check. Is it only toys? Have there ever been like hands or fists? Is that something you'd want to consider? Him and I joke all the time because there was a time that I tried to fist myself <gasps> to see if I could. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I told him about it. He's like, you did what? And yeah, I was in the bathtub and I thought I'd check and see, but I can't seem to get my fist in there. Like, I mean, in the clothes. Okay. I can't, I couldn't do it to myself. It seems like a hard angle. I know, but I did try and I did get like four fingers, but I couldn't get that thumb in there. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You were talking about having to get prepared for it or worked up for it, right? You said, (laughs) what is that process like? Well, it's kind of like when you're masturbating, like you just, you can't just start masturbating and be wet. Like you have to like, like I said, I start out with a hug and I work it up a little bit. And it's the same, like it has to start with some fingers and then it has to start with a few more fingers. And then you have to be really turned on. Yeah. And it's almost like your vagina becomes like this opening, like welcoming and it gets easier and easier. But if it's before you're ready, then the insides hurt and mm. it's a little too much. But mm. if you're wet enough and ready and taking a big toy can be fun. Yeah. Speaking of turn-ons, something I'm now remembering from your intro is nipple play. Is that part uh, of your turn-on process? Yes, absolutely. My nipples have to be played with a lot. If he can reach up, and play with them while he's giving me oral there is not and like i like to do a lot of it myself but usually my hands are in helping with him then i'm trying to do it all and he's trying so when he does that though and i have to the best is when i like kind of lift my bottom up and my shoulders are still on the ground Uh feet are flat Uh and i lift my bottom up like a bridge pose Exactly. And bring myself to him. Yeah. And then he's playing my, my nipples at the same time as giving me oral. There's nothing better. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and is he using his hands or like how, how do you like them like to be played pinched. with? Pinched. I like them pinched. Yeah. Ooh, like okay. Almost so, like if I was to do it when I'm not in the midst of it, like I have some little suction cups mm-hmm. that I have for them. Ugh. <gasps> that I got from yes. masturbating. Yeah, yeah. When I first got them, they're quite big. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're ridiculous looking. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought like, how is this going to be good? And I put them on while I was just, you know, like I just got the mail kind of thing. And yeah. stuck them off. And I was like, ow, ow, those hurt. Like, there's no way. But when I'm in the middle of masturbating, and I grab them and put them on. I can't get them to pull any harder. Like mm. I would, I'll suction those things right up, and I want them to suck as hard as possible. That's amazing. I know. And I did not 
think that I would like those. I thought I wouldn't like them because of that. But yeah. now I know that in the in the throes of passion, those little nutball suckers are great. <laughs> That's amazing. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. All thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Okay, can you describe your internal experience when your nipples are getting played with? Is it the kind of stimulation that like brings you closer to orgasm or can cause an orgasm, or does it just like add to the overall sensation experience? I would say that in the right way, I could probably orgasm from just nipple play. Cool. And I don't know what it is, but as soon as you start playing with them, then I get the feeling in my lower regions. And it just, it's like it's all connected and it, everything feels better with the nipple pinch. Like I could literally pinch them off. It just feels so good. Wow. But at the same time, my partner, he doesn't feel anything. Really? It's a lot of different people feel different things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What other things do you like that we haven't gotten to yet? I love to move around. So like, I love to start in different positions and try different things. And I love taking it like doggy style. And then, but I wouldn't necessarily want to stay in doggy style yeah. i wouldn't want to stay in one position ever i like to move around and really take it from different directions and i love that he loves to go down midway and see what's going on there or if he wants to he'll come up and put his penis in my mouth and mm. like i just love to do all sorts of different things so it's not just the one missionary position, go, I'm done. Like that's kind of what I had experienced growing up mm -hmm. as to what was expected. Maybe some doggy style and that was it. Yeah. And now that I've learned that, you know, you can just have fun with it and get your hands in there and really enjoy it for yourself because only you know when it feels good. Yeah. So like that's, 
for sure the thing that I've taken away from my experience is that it's definitely up to you to make yourself feel good and don't be embarrassed about it. Don't ever be embarrassed to do things to your body that make you feel good. Fuck yeah. How long would you say your ideal sexual sessions last? It sounds like you kind of like extended moments. I'd say that it's like you get in the throes of it all. It's hard to tell how much time has happened, but I would say probably about a half an hour, an hour. It's not like we're like checking out for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what makes us decide what days are like the big sexy days where we do spend a lot of time in bed. But it's kind of like he will come in and say like, hey, want to play with this today? Or he'll suggest something, maybe whatever turned him on. Or I'll be like, hey, want to talk about this? Or <laughs> of course, we listen to this and get talking about different things. Yeah. And hey, I've never tried that or I've never tried this. You want to try it? And definitely listening to the show has made me more and more curious about including the bomb. Mm. So I definitely like the finger in there a little bit more than I used to and definitely have been getting a little more revved up about that idea. Yeah. Not just that idea. I mean, I've I've definitely taken, we've had just some sex where it's like that's beginning to end and it could be great, but I have gotten to the point where I'll let it flip in journey stuff. It won't okay. be just like, this is what we're going to do. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to clean up and then we can do a little exploring if you want to. And yeah, there's always the ahead of time checking in with each other and seeing what we like, what we feel like doing. That's awesome. What is on your horizons for exploration and new tries? Mm. Well, your show definitely, the people out there have some great ideas. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the latest thing that we did that was because of the show, but for some reason I'm blanking out. But Have you pulled each other's big toe while coming yet? That's a thing that I have yet to try. Andrew told me about it last summer. I did hear you talking about that. I want to try it. I know. It's a long ways away. I know. (laughs) Although half the time my legs are way up here anyway. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, would it work if my if my legs are by my head and would it work if I do it to myself? I'm usually too swizzled, you know, at the moment of coming to remember to do anything like that. But okay. And definitely I have gotten into the habit of when we're done, I will lay there and go, you know what? I think I could come again, even though I'm like full of mess. uh, He'll just reach over and help me, whether it's just pinching my nipples while I masturbate with all that warm yeah. fluid, like it's oh my god, that's so, so hot. Yeah, warm. yeah. It's, that's exactly what I say. I'm like, oh, it's so hot. I I think I could come again, yeah. and then I'll do it again. And then, yeah, or he'll have left to go have a shower, and then I'll be like, you know what? I think I could come again. <laughs> so I just do. That's awesome. Yeah. What about other parts of your body? I know we talked about the main erogenous zones. Do you have any other special sexy parts or sensitive parts or things that you just like like in general? I definitely know that when I push on him while he's on top of me, I love that strong feeling that I get. Like I don't know what it is about that because there's no actual, it's touching him, but I love to like almost hold him up or lift him. Mm-hmm. and even sometimes slide my 
hands around his neck kind of mm. he doesn't love that part but I do sometimes just want to like get strong and just oh. push him I don't know what it is about that but that really will turn me on sometimes too wow have you ever played with power play no but yeah I definitely like that feeling of push the pull oh, that's, that's so strong cool. yeah is that something you just discovered with him or has that been in your awareness for longer? That was just with him. Cool. Wow. What are some of your turn offs? <sighs> Even though I say that I love fit, I don't like it when people are like drooly or like I've had a person in my past that got kind of drooly sometimes and was like, no, I need that in the right place. I don't yeah. want it just drooling on me that was a big turn off wait can you just how was the drool happening was it like you're making out and you're getting drool in your mouth or was it just like drooling into your vagina before going down on you or no like when he's on top of you and he's like oh wow okay okay like i know that he there was probably or like i don't want to like actually see like yeah yeah like fit you know like i don't want that i just want it to be a natural part of it where like Mm. it gets introduced but it doesn't have to be like done grossly yeah I don't like it to be gross okay I don't I mean I'm a kinky submissive and I do like a really shocking spit to the face every now and then and I know that that is not most people's preference and (laughs) it really obviously only is with a partner that I have an agreement to do that with very clear difference very clear I will definitely take come in the face no problem I will swallow I will take it in the face I'll take it on the chest come all over my back but tell me it's coming yes yes or tell me that you want to do that like or I'll say like come on my stomach or yeah you know because sometimes I don't want to have a vagina full of yeah. fluids so I'll say like pull out and come on me like but in a sexy way like I don't want it just to be like eh, done yeah like, I don't want to feel like a piece of meat. yeah and, yeah 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 and so, but at the same time, like, yeah, sure, come on my face. Totally. For sure. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I think I do want to feel like a piece of meat sometimes, but I want to feel like a really prized cut that someone like goes to a fancy <laughs> steakhouse and like really enjoys and like savors, you know? And it turns them on. Yeah. And, but like, I want to be the piece of meat that asked to be the yeah yeah i want yeah they need to check in ahead of time and be like do you feel like being a fine cut of steak tonight and i'll be like yes i think i do (laughs) go ahead (laughs) just in the metaphor just in the sexual metaphor the sexual steak metaphor (laughs) okay i forgot to ask this earlier and i want to just do my due diligence health and safety conversations what's your experience been like in your lifetime yeah, because I was definitely a kid of the 80s, yeah. 90s, and that was a big, scary time for AIDS and HIV. Yeah, so there was no question about it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. There was definitely condoms involved, and not to mention, like, I obviously didn't want to get pregnant, and yeah. everybody knows that you need to not have some enter anywhere if you don't want to get pregnant. Totally. So definitely there was a time or two that I had to go get an after- like the morning after pill when mm-hmm. I was younger because the condom broke yes. and I was definitely worried. So I did get tested and obviously I was fine. I always would get 
tested. My partner and I would get tested. We were going to stay together. And then, then the condoms could go. Mm. Definitely prefer bare back. Yeah, for <laughs> so sure. I think with my current partner, we've never used a condom. But with the partners prior to that, uh, after I had children, I needed to use sheepskin condoms. Lambskin ones? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was something other than latex. Oh, I would get really sore latex uh, oh. get really red and sore and swollen so okay. i was definitely latex sensitive yeah um, and that's the thing but there's other choices i don't know that there that would have been a vegan friendly choice back then but i don't know that that was a there are there are now vegan i i researched condoms a few months ago and there are non-latex vegan options i don't remember the name off the top of my head but that now exists good yeah. back then i didn't uh, question because I wanted to emphasize. Right. I just did what I had to do. Now I would maybe have looked into it further, mm-hmm. but now I think it's more and more equally like that is something people look at. Back then, yeah. it wasn't. So. Yeah. And so in those times where you said there was like no question about using a condom, did you have to initiate it or were your partners already on board typically? I think I was always the check in ahead of time. Okay. Like, have you got a condom or I've got a condom or? And then on that note, when my children were becoming older, I put a box of condoms in the bathroom, like a Costco size, big box of them and said, these are here and I'm not counting them. And if you ever need them, have at them. And if it runs low, leave a note. If you don't, you know, like if you don't want to talk about it, go ahead and leave a note. But, you know, I'm more than welcome to buy more if you need them. Always have them available. Oh my God, you're the coolest fucking mom. Do you feel comfortable sharing about your experience talking about sex with your kids? I was extremely open about talking to my kids about sex. I always talk to them about it's okay to touch yourself, be respectful about when and where you're doing it, but definitely don't feel ashamed of it. It would If you knew my children, it's like hard to believe that they're mine because they are like, oh my gosh, mom, stop. Yes. They're not as open about it. Yeah, <laughs> but I made sure that they always knew that like explore, have fun, do it safely, and don't get pregnant. So, anyways, I I made sure that I was open to any kind of conversations that they wanted to have, and I made sure that yeah, they they always could come to me if they needed anything or if somebody said something that they didn't understand, I yeah. was always there to help them understand it. Yeah. Or I had to look it up sometimes. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, they definitely got to a point where their age were saying stuff that I have no idea. What. Like what? Like DP. Wow. Oh. I had no idea what that was. I didn't know until I started having the own fantasy. Like I didn't. And it took me a minute. Also, because I come from a film background and in the film industry, the DP is the director of photography. So every single time that I'm like. He, he, he. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've had that. I've had DP, but not from two different people. Yeah. Yeah. Which hole was which or have you done both? I've done. I don't know. Now okay. I'm trying to remember. Maybe. Maybe it was fingers and penis. Okay. In penis in the back end and fingers in the front end. Love. Because you gotta keep the fingers. You gotta choose which one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just love that you had a kid ask you about DPs. Like that's 
I love that. Okay, let's see. I didn't really specifically ask you about, you told me that you were very horny during pregnancy. Is there anything else to say about like your sexual self and being a pregnant woman? Definitely. There's a lot more feels happening when you're pregnant. You know, obviously a lot of people find out that they're pregnant because their breasts are very sensitive. Oh, yeah. And so like for me, I'm already quite sensitive in the breast area, in the nipples and stuff. So when I was pregnant, it was like all the time being stimulated in that area. And then, yeah, there's quite a bit of swelling that happens and a lot of blood flow. So it's a very uh, surprisingly sexual time to be pregnant, which I would not have guessed going. I mean, I was only 20. How could I have known anything? But yeah. I did not expect that part of it. And then I loved that part of it. Okay. Yeah. Were your, it sounds like you had two pregnancies. Is that right? Actually, three, but three. I love. Oh shit! I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's part of bringing life into the world. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I was all right. Well, I'm curious to know about your experience in each one and kind of how they compared physically and feelings wise for you. Yeah, I think I was just as sexual all three times. Okay. I definitely uh, the first the middle one ended quickly, so there wasn't a lot more. But mm. I would say I was sexual right up till the end like it wasn't first trimester second trimester third trimester it was horny through it all okay i might be one of those people that can still lean on the horny side (laughs) i feel you i get it (laughs) okay what about sexting and or nudes and also you mentioned that your partner is a porn connoisseur how do these things play into your life if at all i have not sexed with anybody else but him. Okay. And I probably explored a bit of pictures and stuff before, but not like with him. We've definitely taken some video. Uh, I love surprising him with some video or when I'm masturbating. That's nice. He loves a good masturbation video. <sighs> And I like to watch them, too. I like to watch myself on video. And, well, obviously, I had a mirror at one point. Yeah, so totally. I'm, I don't mind seeing. I usually cut out my, like, knowing who it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, smart. I don't necessarily put who it is in the videos or pictures if they're going to be very graphic. Um, I don't mind boudoirs and stuff like that. But definitely when it comes to being graphic, I cut out faces and then great to watch like yeah. it's hard to watch yourself if you're a little bit self-conscious but yeah. if your face isn't in there who knows who it is <laughs> totally you watch yourself. and uh yeah i i probably got a few videos set aside for when i'm looking back and reminiscing about that and i've done it less and less probably mm-hmm. uh, only because it's just the two of us now we can do anything anytime anywhere Oh, I love that. I love that. Would you say that your homemade porn is your favorite porn or are there other things that you're into there? Oh, I definitely like if I'm by myself or yeah, sometimes with him, I like watching Girl on the Girl for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Tell us Girl. about your bi curious side. Yeah. I mean, it's 
difficult because when you're in a monogamous relationship, it's, but now that I've become into myself and I definitely am curious, we have tried a threesome once, okay. but I got a little self-conscious and a little insecure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely the insecurity part was probably what ruined it. So I, I, that is probably, you know, when you get to the question where you say like, what, what do you still want to happen or what is your like, you know, checklist that you still yeah. have? That's like the next thing. So you can transition and yeah, like, like, what do you want for your sex life going forward kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, I definitely would love to find the right person to join in with us. Okay. But yeah, that's a tough thing because, you know, yeah, I always worry, like, does he want to be with her more or whatever? But yeah. then I'm like, I want to enjoy her too. Totally. <laughs> so. Well, my hope is that by having more and more conversations like this, we can actually start to shift the I don't know, tip the needle of culture. How do you say that? Like actually shift the culture so that more threesomes are available for all of us. And we have the conversational skills necessary to sort of like feel each other out without the big, scary feelings, if that makes sense. I think that I learned on here about unicorns. Yes. Yes. Right. And that's what I started trying to see if there was any unicorns in my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) I need to have an app for that. Yeah. Yeah. Field is the one that people use the most, but it's I've heard struggly things about really all forms of online dating. And my personal experience as a third looking for a couple to be friendly with is typically there's just not cohesive clarity. And I'm sensitive to red flags. Like if the couple doesn't seem to be on the same page, I get nervous and but I'm actually in the process of developing kind of like a basic checklist that I want to share with our community to just to help us have threesomes and, you know, or approach people at sex parties, stuff like that. So is that something you would ever consider doing too? like going to a sex party with your partner and just like exhibitioning in front of others and maybe as a way to meet people? Yeah, but those things are like because I'm the sixth outside of the bedroom. Yeah, it's hard to find like to open up those conversations because totally. I don't want to scare anybody into knowing how sexual I really am. Yeah. So it is, it's really hard to find out like where you would find a sex party or where you would do all those things. But I definitely would be interested. In, yeah. I don't think that I would be interested in swimming. Oh like, yeah. Trading parts. Yeah. I don't think that that's something I would do, but again, never say never. <laughs> um, <laughs> But at this point in my life, I would say I'm not into swinging, but I would be interested in sex parties and having sex with my partner at those or letting somebody join in with us. Yeah. Probably yeah. more into girls joining us than having a boy. And I think that's my bi-curious part is that like I'm really interested in the woman's body yeah. and the sensuality of us and the softness. There's such a soft. There's such a girl lips are so soft and boobs are so nice. And just touching them is so good. Yeah. And I feel like I could make a girl feel good because I know stuff that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. And like just imagining if you had a partner that's like into watching that and like not, you know, not having be in every single second or just like having the like someone you find the flow with. Yeah. Okay. I wish this for I'm also feeling very hopeful for all of us that when the pandemic feels like really over that there will be an explosion of roaring 20s sex parties. I hope to contribute. We'll see what happens. That would be awesome. (laughs) 
what other hopes for your sexual future do you have? I would say that I hope I can continue to explore um, and that, you know, aging doesn't come into factor or maybe it'll turn it into something like I didn't expect 35, 45. Yeah. It's so amazing. I hope it's even better. I hope so too. I'm really excited to find that out. And yeah, I want to explore more with the unicorn side of it. And then for sure, I want to just keep enjoying finding out ways to make us feel good together. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else about your sex life that hasn't been mentioned yet that feels like an important part of your sexual story? Uh, we talked about the nipples and the squirting and the big toys. Definitely. Oh, vibrators. Mm. I haven't talked much about, but no. I definitely uh, like a vibrator, but not to the extent that I feel like a lot of people like them. Like I like it as an add in, mm-hmm. but I could never get to a climax. With, it's just so much happening at once. Really? It's so like buzzy. And yeah. Like, quiet. Okay. What's your ideal add-in scenario? Like, is it with penetrative sex or with your hands or is it just like a tease situation? Yeah, I think I like to, I think uh, another thing I learned from on here was edging and I like to like bring that in as kind of an edge, like bring it and then take it out and then bring it in a bit and then take it out and then just get in there with life. Like we know how to make ourselves get there so just get my own hands in there get my own fingers and just get myself there but oh and another thing I love to do when I'm masturbating is and and when we're having sex like a really good way to get a really good orgasm is to tighten my legs together which seems so weird I know I have to do that I have to do that yeah yeah I almost I cross my legs and bring them really tight together and I can say that that definitely gets me I don't know if I've crossed my legs I'm gonna have to do some experiments I'm gonna try to fist myself and see if I can come with my legs crossed (laughs) (laughs) that's my takeaway yeah and I don't mean like sitting in cross-legged position I mean like like squeezing ankles crossed together squeezing my knees together yeah okay that's like how I'm sitting that's how I sit like that's how I've been sitting this whole time like I like sit like a twisty pretzel person like or yeah. not, but not cross-legged. I guess like a long, twisty pretzel person. You know what oh, I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it then. You probably want to enjoy it. We'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of the like lifting up, like I said, the bridge pose or whatever. Mm. Like that part. Uh, oh, and that's another thing I would love to try is getting a wedge and a swing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to have more stuff like that oh yeah maybe I have to make myself a veteran totally well I was gonna say would you ever want to try being restrained or anything like that I know you're like not that kinky but is that something that you'd want to explore uh yeah I have been tied up okay uh, in the past for sure there's been times I was tied up I especially don't mind if I'm wanting to touch myself but not able to and like there's that part of it, but yeah. I don't, I wouldn't want to do that all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Once in a while, but that is not a good job. Totally. Okay. Hair pulling and like, I mean, I like my nipples pinched really hard. So a little bit of pull here and there, push here and there. I would never want somebody to hit me or okay. 
Okay. I don't mind a little smack on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Make that tingle feeling, but I wouldn't want to be pushed around. Yeah. That kind of thing. Got it. What's your favorite thing about your sexual self? My favorite thing is how much I can come and how I can get my hands in there and really enjoy. Uh, I know that as soon as we start having any kind of intercourse, I'm right in there and I'm ready to try stuff. I love that about myself. I love that I didn't let all the shame from growing up stop me from enjoying my sexual self. And yeah, I think that I'm proud of that. Fuck yeah. And if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? I would probably go to that eight-year-old self and tell myself that it doesn't need to be in the bushes. It can be in a more private place, but that you can definitely enjoy those kind of feelings and explore them and don't be embarrassed and don't listen. As you get older, you're going to have all sorts of people telling you that your body shouldn't be doing things or should be doing things. Whatever is happening, it's doing it for a reason. If you're getting wet, it's because it makes sex feel better. If you're having a sound come out of you while you're having sex, it's because air is getting put in there. Don't worry. It's not a... It's not all the mean things the boys will say to you. You don't have to let them make you feel that you're less than or that it's not okay to be sexual because we're all sexual. Whether we're a guy or a girl, we're all sexual. And we just need to love ourselves for it. It's not a bad thing. There for a reason. Beautiful. Do you have a sex question for me? I listen to you so much, so I hear all sorts of questions. And what do you wish everybody knew about sex that you think everybody should know? I just want people to be safe so that they can experience pleasure. I think the thing that I've learned the most from talking to people on this podcast is that when people feel, like you said, like they're not going to be judged for the funny sounds or smells or their desires, that creates a sort of trust that in my personal experience led to a feeling, a series of feelings, year, a year, one perfect year of pleasure. And I don't know quite how to describe it, but I just wish that everyone could have the experience that I've had of being in my body so deeply and so deliciously. Like, I just wish everyone could know that that is possible for them. I, I do believe it's possible for everyone. Yeah. You know, I really, I really think that I have no data to back this up and I want that for everyone. And I also can feel the fear inside of me of now I've experienced that. What if it never happens again? Like, what if I never find this connection? And so I think my hope for all of us is to just continuing together to shift the culture toward something that allows for pleasure. And I really just want to end those cycles of shame and violence that we do to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It is such a turn on to be turned on. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want that for everybody. Like the mutual and the connection that comes through it too, because 
I've had so much sex that I didn't realize was disconnected until I experienced what it's like to have a partner that is paying attention and in the same space with me where you have that feeling of like, I don't know, co-creating orgasms and pleasure. It's so great. I want that for everyone. Everybody (laughs) should get that. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting.